the failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time. Making changes takes courage, and if we don't change things, we won't have a future. I'm an environmentalist. A lot of people don't understand that. I think I know more about the environment than most people. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Zero Carbon East Off. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbon Easter. I'm Ian Collins. This is episode 21 on our journey through environmental matters. Uh, Lots to get through in this. As we always say, politicians who listen to this, and I'm sure they do from time to time, uh, beware. We discuss the very things you should be discussing and, dare I say, prioritising if you're unfamiliar with the territory here. Uh, Here's an explainer. The series is essentially about the views, campaigns and thoughts of Dale Vince, the entrepreneur and environmentalist who built his success in the green energy sector. He is the owner of Ecotrip the world's first green energy company. As if that wasn't enough, he's also the chairman of Forest Green Rovers. We are counting down the weeks, of course, till the season begins. In fact, on that point, Dale, I mean, this comes around, despite what's happened, of course, and the uh, curious events that overtook the globe and put a stop to things like football. Here we go again. We are weeks away. Yeah, uh, 12th of September is the start date for all the leagues uh, of English football. And there's you know, pretty strong rumours that we'll have crowds back in, in early October. But, of course, that's probably countered to a degree with the uh, the new lockdown of, of large areas of northern England. Yeah, true. Uh, and, you know, the possibility that things are going to get worse in the next few weeks. So uh, at least the season will start because we can play mm-hmm. behind closed doors. That part I think we can be sure of. But um, the, the, the issue of fans coming back in October, I think, is now under question. Yeah. Well, what do you make of the, uh, the, the kind of audio soundtrack uh, of fans on top of games where there are no fans. Yeah, not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. Of we mentioned that in, in a previous we did. episode, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, I missed the VAR chant when, so. when VAR was being removed. <laughs> uh, exactly. Reviewed. I missed that. Yeah, yeah there's a, almost a conspiracy there, isn't there, on that point alone, I think. Uh, interesting stories to get through. And, of course, social media questions uh, as well on the way. And this, four UK temperature records were broken last year, with the Met Office saying this showing increasing impact of climate change. So we had the all-time high in Cambridge last July 25th, 38.7 degrees, um, a winter high of 21.2 in February, uh, that was in Kew Gardens, December 18 degrees for three days after Christmas. When I think of the football season, just to join this up, Dale, um, I'm, I'm sure you're the same. Do you remember as a kid, it kind of all chimed together. Going back to school, the football season began chilly mornings, dark nights, uh, that we all have that image. The chilly mornings have gone. Yeah, I think we lost the distinctiveness of the seasons a while ago. Uh, I think we stopped having, uh, you know, harsh winters and uh, and cold, blowy autumns and that kind of stuff. We get cold, blowy summers now, don't we? Like yeah. uh, two days ago, it was cold and blowy. Today, Indeed. it's bonkers hot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, climate climate change is, is become to mean a different thing. I think uh, you know, it's, it's more like weather change, and um, you know, we're getting lots of different weather. Uh, every other every other day really but i do miss the distinctive seasons i used to love the really hard cold winters and uh, that doesn't happen so much now and it was tied in wasn't it with that i'm not wrong on this that going back to school thing (laughs) for some reason there is that like absolutely locked thought of of it being cold and you know it was getting dark on your way home and but certainly you know football season meant mud and it meant cold weather yeah and and you know if you think about it 
School goes back in September. That's a couple of months after the longest day in June. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we're well on our way towards the shortest day uh, in December by that point. Indeed. Uh, so it, it kind of makes sense. But yeah, we've lost the distinctive seasons, um, which is a shame. Uh, let's move to this. Uh, I like this. They've identified. This was a piece in The Guardian. It picked up on the, what we talked uh, on the last episode about this new book by Michael Schellenberger, who was apparently a kind of eco-warrior uh, campaign or claims he was. It's hard to find too much evidence of that. And now um, speaks out sort of in the very r reverse gear uh, of all of this, that it's alarmist and there's uh, nothing to worry about here. It's been described by many people, one expert, deeply and fatally flawed, which is quite damning. But nonetheless, uh, the piece I'm reading here has managed to kind of identify four types of climate denier and why you should ignore them all. So there you go. Um, there's the, there's the sh one called the shill, one called the grifter, one called the egomaniac, and one called the ideological fall. Apparently they've, um, Damien Carrington, the author of this piece, has, has boiled it down to four types. I mean, you come across these guys all the time, Dale. Yeah, I read that, and I wondered immediately uh, which one of those is Donald Trump, actually. Uh, yes, Damien didn't boy. name him, did he? Didn't, did he call no, him? No, not particularly. Tr Trump wasn't particularly named, but... Okay. Must be the egomaniac. Yeah, I, I think it can't that's be the ideological true. one because there's no ideology there. And oh, he could be a shill, actually. I mean, I think he's a guy that'll do anything for money. Yeah, I mean, there is the, the the ones that intrigue me are the ones that kind of are sort of they're not in the kind of mad denier sense. They believe in the science that they've read, but of course they have. It, it's the our old friend confirmation bias, isn't it? If you only read, you know, one one half of a story. And I think those people are often quite dangerous because they sound as if they sometimes sound as if they know what they're talking about to a, yeah. an untrained Yeah, and you get eye. books like Schillenberger's and you get f the films like the recent Michael Moore film. They do a lot of damage in that respect because they give credibility to, yeah. to this kind of uh, topic. And, uh, you know, people will glance at those and, and think, well, you know, there's obviously something in this. Mm. People like that have written books and made sure. films. And, and um, you know, that's that's dangerous because because they both lack science yeah I, I think it's interesting because you know i just just wrote this book and uh my experience with penguin has been completely different you know i don't know how schillenberger can write a book without sources in it because uh everything i've said in my book penguin has said to me where's your source for that <laughs> so i don't think he could have done a book with penguin actually I it's kind of interesting because I, I i wrote a book a few years ago and, and, and you're right as soon as the uh when it was being proofread and stuff you know i was like a, a, an onslaught of emails saying, well, wh where does this figure come from? Can you back this up? What's the reason for this? And I'm not sure you can say, you know, there was a, a kind of legal, slightly legal, but just an honest process more than anything yeah. to go through. You wonder where that yeah. was. Uh, maybe the uh, the proofreader had a day off when Schellenberger put the notes in. I don't know. Yeah, maybe different publishing houses have a different approach. True. Um Lydia on Twitter says, uh, great news on the book, Dale. I'm registered blind, so I hope you're going to be able to do an audio version for customers and fans like me. What's the story yeah. there? Yeah, we're definitely going to do an audio version. Uh, I, I know it's on the cards. The, I mean, the book itself doesn't come out until late November, uh, so we'll have more news on audio versions and e-versions and all that kind of stuff yeah. uh, in the next few weeks. I get the um, edited manuscript back later today, apparently. So oh, really? So like somebody marking your homework, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No, that's been done. Yeah, we've spent a couple of weeks with the editor yeah. uh, knocking it about. 
this from Chris on Facebook. Dale, I really want to know what your co-host Ian has done to go green since he's been working with you. I remember he used to talk about KFC buckets a lot on his radio show. Uh, (laughs) They are now banned from the house, Dale, I can tell you that much. Um, Oh, okay. Well, I, I think we talked about this on a previous episode, didn't we? Whether you're talking about recycling or whether you're talking about eating meat or whether it's dairy and those kind of issues where food is sourced from etc which i know is a big area of interest for you not every individual person can do all things but if we all do a bit you begin to have that nudge effect that's right it's it's important that we all take steps Uh, you reminded me i saw an article um uh, in the news yesterday i think it was kfc had kind of admitted that 40 percent of their chickens had uh, serious inflammation uh, you know, which is some kind of chronic illness that that's uh, not good. That they get from their living conditions. So, uh, yeah, think about that when you pop in your bucket. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, which, um, I am post-bucket these days, which is good to know. Uh, you mentioned two words before we came on air uh, that you'd like to talk about. Yeah, nuclear fusion. Tell it, us more. It popped into the news this week. Um, there's a big project being built in France. It's five years away from producing some energy. Uh, even then, I think it'll produce less than is put in. Uh, it's an amazing project, been going since 1985. And they're basically trying to crack nuclear fusion, which is um, where hydrogen atoms are combined instead of being split apart, which is nuclear fission. Uh, but this thing they're building is nearly 30,000 tons. It's got about 3,000 tons of super magnets in it, um, some wow. of them bigger than a jumbo jet, apparently, or, or heavier than a jumbo jet. And 200 kilometers of supercooled cabling down to minus nearly 300 degrees. And the magnets are powerful enough to pick up an aircraft carrier. And I've read all of this and I'm just astounded. And then the president of France and some guy from Japan are saying how it would be amazing if we could crack the clean energy problem, you know, and kind of liberate the world and stuff. And I just thought, you know, these guys are living in the 80s because we cracked the clean energy problem. (laughs) It is renewable energy, it's wind and sun. You know, we don't need these hyper-intensive, expensive, dangerous, complex technologies like nuclear fusion because we've got the wind and the sun. And and I'm always amazed the way that, you know, some parts of society, the world of industry, can't just adopt what's really simple mm. and what's really in front of us and instead have to develop something madly complicated. What it, I mean, you're always quite laid back about certainly in in the way that you 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 sort of articulate your concerns in this area whereas i'm just kind of full-on angered by this because that no one's reinventing the wheel here this is pretty simple stuff an eight-year-old could understand what you've just explained dale very simply what is it that the it goes back to the sort of four types of denier kind of story Mm. what what is it that supposedly intelligent people cannot see there's no there's not even a debate here this isn't really and there's no need for a big discussion now you'd think wouldn't you i think uh, there are there are a number of problems actually i think the wind and the sun are free and they're universally available they're all over the world and yep. that's completely different to fossil fuels or nuclear tech for example sure i think also there's a psychological thing going on there's a lefty righty split in society so i think people on the right wing of life tend to like big, complicated, expensive solutions to things. People on the left go the other way. Mm. And the wind and the sun is just really simple. It's uh, widely available, universally available. Um, and we have more than enough to power the whole world. That works for some people. It doesn't work for others. Like you say, it's free. I mean, that would yes. you'd think, you'd think, well, we don't need to pay out for this because we have this. Uh, that would be kind of enough. 
mean, you know, when you think about uh, fossil fuels, this is something I got into uh, writing the book. You think about fossil fuels, there's a global marketplace for that. The price fluctuates wildly between 20 and $160 a barrel in the last like 70 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, the, you know, the it's it's not a supply and demand price. That price is, is um, manipulated by OPEC, the producers cartel, quite openly. Uh, you know, they, they sure. change production in order to drive the price to where they want it. And it's denominated in dollars, so we have to pay. I mean, in Britain, we spend 50 billion pounds a year buying oil, but we have to spend it in dollars, so we have an exchange rate so. risk, and we have the oil yeah. price fluctuation risk. But we have enough renewable energy to, to provide all of that ourselves and create hundreds of thousands of jobs in the process, properly sure. sustainable, yeah. um, and change our economy, change our economic outlook completely. Yeah, there's not really any losers in the picture, which is, you know, again, just compounds the sort of extraordinary nature of this. Um, time for a couple of others. Uh, VJ says, you've talked about barbecue. We should do a food podcast, by the way, Dale. Yeah, We're getting so many food so. questions. Uh, you talked about barbecues, cheese, and sauces, but what about decent vegan booze suggestions? There's quite a lot out uh, there, isn't there? Yeah, I think there is actually. I think most lager is vegan. We found that out as we were, you know, checking out what the club sold for screen. Real ale, you can get it made vegan. We have ours made locally. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just a question of keeping the uh, fish bladder out of it. Which, sure. You know, sounds disgusting and is. And um, is, yeah. Yeah. Wine, you can find vegan wine now. It's more available than it's been before. Spirits are pretty vegan. It depends on what you like, really. Uh, I think cider is vegan, uh, except for the odd rat that falls into the apple vat. Um, <laughs> That's no one's fault, to be fair. <laughs> Only the rat. Um, and uh, also this, uh, lots of questions about the book. So tell us about the book, pre-ordering the book. How can people pre-order it? Um, I think this is going to be a game changer, the manifesto. Tell us more and where people can get it from. Yeah, cool. Well, we just put it up on the Forest Green shop, Forest Green Movers, and is it's there available for pre-order so it doesn't come out until late november uh, and we'll be doing plenty of promotions and stuff on the way a couple of virtual uh kind of book shows and that kind of stuff but sure um, i really enjoyed writing it it's a combination of my story from being on the road more or less for about 10 years what i learned the things i did how i dropped back in and then what i did in business for what's been now 25 years the creation mm. of ecotricity the battles we fought along the way but uh, lessons learned from that and in particular on the fronts of energy transport and food this uh, this picture that i built up of what we need to do to live more sustainably and it ends yeah. uh, with a chapter on that called manifesto which really sets out what britain needs to do it's applicable to any country in the sure. world but it is focused on britain it's about uh, you know what we need to do to get to zero carbon living and and i really enjoyed writing it and uh putting it down on paper because we've been talking for a very long time about mm. this energy transport and food kind of topic and to have set it down was it was also a discipline as well we mentioned on a previous podcast ian like you you know how well you understand something when you try to Correct. teach it to yeah, somebody yeah. else yes so that's it's right it's a bit like that when you when, when you go to write it down yeah uh, it, it yeah, made me yeah. question a few things check a few things out uh, and the result is i think quite a robust uh, and exciting plan so forest green rover shop you can pre-order there i understand yeah and i and think we sign it if somebody wants me to sign it fantastic and i think we're going to put a link on the uh, on the podcast description as well so people can see it there uh, very final question uh, from zoe is trump going to win the election <laughs> i don't think so uh, but that might just be my kind of uh, he might be postponing it dale he's going to try but I don't think he's going to do that either. <laughs> I don't I mean, think so. He's getting desperate. But I think the reason for that is uh, being the president is the only thing that's keeping him out of jail right now. Yeah. 
So I think as soon as he loses the election, then uh, the the lawsuits, the the prosecutions will will pile in, and uh, he'll be in an orange jumpsuit before long. Indeed. Well, on that point, let's just finish with a Trump classic. Right here, the United States is lowest in numerous categories. Uh, we're lower than the world. Lower than we're the lower world. Lower than what is that? Europe. In what? In what? Take a look. Right here. Here's case death. Oh, you're doing death as a proportion of cases. I'm talking about death as a proportion of population. That's where the US is really bad. Well, well, Much worse than South Korea, Germany, etc. You can't you can't do that. You have Why to go, can't I do that? you have to go by you have to go by where look, here is the United States. You have to go by the cases. The cases Why are not there. as a proportion when of population? We have somebody what it says is when you have somebody that yeah. has it, where there's a case, oh, okay. the people that live sure. from oh. those cases. He never lets us down. You can't hear that often enough. Um, we're off for a summer break, Dale, for a few weeks. Yeah, back in uh, late August, early September. I That's reckon. right. Yeah, beginning of September, I think. So good work. Um, have a good one. I'm going to speak then. Yeah, thanks, Ian. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Pleasure. That's it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, you can subscribe for free from your podcast provider so you get each new episode automatically. Leave a review too. Really important bit. Do make sure you follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince or facebook.com slash dalevince. And, of course, there will be detail of the book there as well. We'll see you back for a new season in September. Zero Carbon East Off.